morning, everyone. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have had an amazing lineup of great summer shows, and this show is going to be incredible. I'm going to just jump right into the intro because I can't wait to introduce you to my first guest, who's actually no stranger to Table for Two. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. I, I give cooking classes. I run kosher chop competitions. I wrote two cookbooks and I love to travel the world. And I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my cooking adventures, sharing of great food ideas and great recipes and more importantly my amazing guests um i like to hear about your experiences too so email me naomi at nachem siegel and you can follow me on all the different platforms out there um so if you also eat something make something go somewhere send me an email make it a conversation i love to hear where you were okay I am so excited to have this guest on my show. He started off on Table for Two, I want to say seven years ago, maybe about right before, eight years ago, um, when I was way taller than him and now he is way taller than me. And he is a superstar in the across the globe. If you have been living under a rock and you have not heard of Chef Eitan Benath, he is cookbook author. Right here on Table for Two, joining us over the phone from some really cool location that he is. Welcome, Eitan. Hello. How are you? Thanks so much for having me again. My pleasure, Eitan. It's been a long time. You have gone from strength to strength here on uh, the Eitan Banath roller coaster of, you know, it's not even a roller coaster. It just keeps going up. What is something that keeps going up? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. No. And yeah, I believe um, it was eight years ago, maybe even over eight years ago when I did my first interview um, with you. And I remember it was in Cedarhurst in Gourmet Lot. Woohoo! I was sick as a dog. This was before uh, COVID and before we people stayed home when they were sick. Right. He was um, 12. You were not yet bar mitzvahed. Yes. And I was so excited to do it. And I remember I was like, I had, I had like a little stomach bug. And I was, like, violently throwing up. And I remember I literally, like, right before I went on air, I, like, went to the bathroom, threw up, felt yeah. a little better, did the interview, then went back to the bathroom and threw up. And it was it was worth it. Let me tell you that. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. I'm sorry that you were sick <laughs> that day. I felt so bad for you. But you were a trooper. Even at 12, we, we knew that you were going to be a superstar one day. Uh, hardest working guy in showbiz. Um, okay, so we're going to jump right into the book and then we'll do a little bit of, uh, you know, can't, well, we'll try to bring full circle from where you started to where you are now. But I do. I've got the book here, and I just, I just, I must talk about it with you. It's amazing. Um, it's called Eitan Eats the World, a cookbook. How did you come up with this name? So yeah, we um, naming it was actually my least favorite part of the process. It was. Uh, it's like a, it was weird. Like the whole book, like I was super decisive. Like. I like knew what I wanted, but when it came to the title, it was just something that I really struggled with. And it was honestly like, yeah, it was honestly the hardest part of the whole process. I hear. Um, and yeah, lens at eight times the world. You know, I think, you know, for me, like really what my kind of perspective that I try to bring is, is, you know, uh, especially when it comes to like international cuisine is, you know, I'm of course not an expert, um, but I'm an enthusiast who, you know, loves to eat it, loves to cook it, and then loves to kind of, you know, use my platform to share, share what I with others. And so, you know, I think Eitanik's world is, is really kind of encompasses it because, you know, it's like I love to eat food around the world. And, you know, I'm sharing it with the audience as someone who loves to eat it and then kind of is, you know, showing you how I make it to eat it. And I think that that kind of really sums up, um, you know, my point of view there. Okay. Now, these are recipes you all you created yourself. Yes. And actually, a lot of them are from when I was much younger. So, you know, I, I started officially working on this book um, when I was, I was either at the very end of being 17 or early 18, I think early 18. Um, and I had had, you know, I've been food blogging since I was 12. Yeah. And I, you know, when I was developing recipes for my blog, whenever I would develop something that was like just a little too good to give out on the internet for free, um, I would save it and give it, um, not give it, I would put it into a special Google Drive folder that 
I called cookbook because I really did believe that one day I would write a cookbook. You know, I obviously didn't know when that would be. Uh, and I kept them in there. When I started the book process, I went in there and those were actually, you know, the first recipes that I then kind of continued to work on before I obviously developed the rest of them. Did you do your own photography? So um, I initially wanted to. Um, and then I learned how much work it was and I, what my publisher wanted. And we ended up using an incredible photography team, um, incredible photographer, incredible food styles and prop stylist. And in the end, I really loved work with them. And honestly, I learned so much, right, right. um, and I'm so happy I did it. And I, I would say, I, I would definitely say my, um, my food photography is significantly better since then. It was an incredible learning experience. Right. I actually remember you came down when I wrote Perfect for Pesach. You actually came down and spent a day with us, um, hanging out with Miriam Pascal, who was my photographer. And you were probably, what well, was six years ago. So you were probably just like 14 at the time. So you were already really into doing the photography back then. Would you, if you did yeah. another book, would you, would you do another book? And if you did another book, would you? Do you feel like confident that you could be the photographer then? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would love to know the book. I think right now, as you know, as you know, books are like just a behemoth of a project. So oh, yeah. I definitely enjoying not currently working on the book. Um, I think you know having some time where I'm not doing that is very enjoyable. Right. Um, but definitely, I'm definitely interested in doing another book at, at some point. Um, and. You know, in terms of photography, honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, I definitely think it would be fun to. I also really enjoyed working with an incredible team. And, like, it was great because it really allowed me to be also really involved in everything because I was able to, like, oversee everything. Right. So, and you could, uh, you could give actual good directions to them and they probably turned to you and said, you know, got you involved. It was probably a conversation, not just them doing it. Yeah, actually, a lot of them were like, wow, I've never, um, you know, I've never worked with someone who knew, knew, knew what they wanted. So, so, so specifically. Um, so yeah, it was really, it was really enjoyable. So I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I would be inclined to, but at the same time, I loved getting to work with, um, like. Okay. We lost Aton there for a second. Okay. Let's see if we can bring him back because that was a fascinating conversation. Okay, I'm going to try him again and see back in. He's probably on some really cool location right now. I'm just, we'll ask him where he is. Hello? Hi, we lost you there. Hi. Yeah, you just lost connection. Are, you, are you in a really cool location doing a really cool shoot? Um, no, I'm, I'm on a shoot in my apartment. <laughs> in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, one second. No, it's reconnecting. Okay. He's probably has to put on his Bluetooth or something. Sorry, is this, is this working? Yeah, it was great. I got the thumbs up from ZK. Okay, we're good. I oh, mean, I could so hear you. Yeah, I don't know if it worked. I'm literally in Manhattan. I'm, like, I'm on my like roof area, so I have good service purposely while everyone's downstairs. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was my phone. It's losing power. I might need to charge my phone. I can't charge my phone and have my phone plugged into the soundboard. It's a bit annoying. <laughs> okay, so, let's, let's go back to, to uh, the photography. So um, you had a great team. Um, and your Instagram photography is outstanding. And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the journey from, you know, a kid who was on, a young man, young, well, really, you were very young. You were 11 or 12 when you were a contestant on Chopped on Food Network. And how you yep. evolved into this Instagram, world renowned Instagrammer. You've met uh, the President of the United States. Am I correct? Yes, um, yes, I was I was invited to attend the Sonica celebration like, um, this at the White House. By wow, <laughs> wow, it's amazing. So, so tell us a little bit. You know, we, we had you on the show a lot when you were in high school, and you know, tell us about your continue us on your journey. Like, you graduated high school, and then yeah, so I graduated high school, and then it's kind of you know it was kind of like the cliche a lot of movies where it was like you know I said to my parents like you know. I really want a year to just focus on my career, um, you know, before I do any next steps. You know, at that time, you know, I'd, I'd enrolled in Columbia um, for for college. Very smart. Um, He's very smart. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, my, you know, I mean, up until even when I was in high school, you know, this was my job. I mean, it was lucrative. It did earn, um, you know, I did earn money from it. So it was definitely, you know, uh, 
already lucrative. It wasn't necessarily, you know, lucrative enough at that point that like I could support myself fully. Um, but I said to my parents, they're like, give me a year. I really want to focus on this. Uh, and so I did. And then, you know, that year ended up being um, both the best and worst year of my life. I mean, that's what right when COVID hit. So, right. you know, as you, as you know, I, I lost my grandfather, Grandpa Larry, to COVID, yeah. which was... We'd met Grandpa um, Larry, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know... I lost him again. Uh, I'm Yeah, we're, we're going to keep trying because to get Eitan on the show is is a very busy man. He's standing on his rooftop trying to get quiet because there's a lot. Hi. Hi, I think something's wrong with the, the system maybe. No, I don't know. I Also, maybe because you're on a rooftop. All right, I moved to a new roof. Okay, all right. Yes, all right, keep going. Let's, let's talk. So, yeah, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, so yeah, the year after high school was both the, the worst and best year of my life. I described, you know, I, I lost my grandfather to COVID in March of 2020, um, which was, you know, absolutely devastating. And, um, you know, that was right at the tail end of my senior year. Um, you know, I, I happened to have not, I, I happened to have like not really finished so much the last year. I mean, the last like, the last like two months of school anyways are kind of just like little class and stuff. And also school was transitioning to being online all of a sudden. So like, it was kind of a mess at that time, obviously as, as everyone was, but um, that happened right towards the end of high school. And then after that, you know, kind of, there was this weird dichotomy of, you know, I was really battling with depression um, and grief about my grandfather. Um, but at the same time, you know, food media was really exploding and, you know, my grandpa was always my biggest fan and my, my yes. family really encouraged me to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, I kind of use that as a newfound motivation to, you know, continue to make him proud. And, you know, I posted a cooking video, um, I believe three or four days after he passed away, which my parents were really pushed me and encouraged me to not stop what I was doing. And, you know, I, I, you know, I very open about the mental health struggles I went through, you know, I was really in a deep depression and was, you know, had no motivation to do anything but sit on my bed and cry and, you know, my, my parents and my grandma, you know, they were like, you know, grandpa would, would not want you to do this. Like grandpa would want you to keep doing what made him so proud. And, you know, if I'm going to be honest, my first bunch of videos I posted the weeks following, I was definitely putting on a fake smile and that wasn't, I wasn't genuinely happy. Like I looked in the videos, but, you know, through, you know, making other people happy with my videos and entertaining and, you know, making other people happy, you know, ultimately made me happy and brought me to a place where, you know, I had kind of this new purpose in what I was doing. And, and then right around that time, I also started having explosive growth on TikTok. Yes. And that was, that was really um, kind of what launched everything. But then, you know, from there, kind of all the socials around that time were really exploding and growing. I then moved to um, Manhattan. Um, I originally moved to Soho. Um, I now live a little more north. Um, and I was expanded by production company. I started hiring um, full-time staff. Um, and I've been really working to, you know, grow what I what you know what I do. You know, I, I also do television with Drew Barrymore. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I was I was thinking the other day, I've got one degree separation from Drew Barrymore. You know, because I know Aitan Banath and Aitan Banath knows <laughs> Drew Barrymore, and I've always been a huge G- Drew Barrymore fan. You can tell her. <laughs> I love it. She's great. Yeah, since she is. She, since I was a kid and she was on ET, I'm like, ah, I love her. Yeah, she is really the sweetest person. She you knows she's someone who just like you know has just such an excitement about food. You know, Drew. Drew loves to cook. She she claims she's not a great cook that she just loves to cook. I think she's. I, I think she knows her her way around the kitchen. At least when I've cooked with her, um, I don't think she gives herself enough credit. <laughs> um, but you know, she just has such a real excitement about food and curiosity. And I, you know, I really just, you know, she's just such a special person and someone um, that I never really imagined I would, uh, you know, have in my life um, or be friends with. But she is it's amazing. Uh, she's incredible. Okay. Amazing. So what can we just talk a little bit about the book now? A little bit more about the book. So what was the hardest recipe to develop? What did you have to work really hard on? I'm actually got a bit of new recipes going to a new cookbook for Art Scroll. They took a, a um, it's called the best of kosher. They took uh, all the cookbook authors and we all had to submit new recipes and they're putting that together as a collaborative. Uh, and it just, 
might reminded me of how hard to recipe test one book is and one recipe I just tested like 30 times and it, you know did you have one recipe that you had to like really struggle to like get it perfect and you're like so proud of it now so actually uh it's kind of funny the hardest I've got my book recipe yeah to was was of course the recipe that I was least worried about oh, which really? I don't know if you what what, what uh, was that? I'm was, gonna flip to it. It was my um, caramel popcorn. <gasps> really? That was hard. Okay. I mean, I've, I have not made it, so it might be very. Is that in the dessert section? Yes, or it might be in the snack section. But I I don't honestly recall. Yeah, um, it's funny. I don't know my book by heart at all. It's it's so funny. You know, I think like, and I'm sure you relates. You know, when you release a book, you know, like people, like obviously, you know, like people, like you know, the book. You worked hard on it, and you know, you were involved in every single piece of it. Um, but, you know, people expect, you know, every single thing, like even like science, like when I like do a cooking event and I'm cooking from the book and then I like need the book with me. So I like, rem- obviously I review it, but like I need to review it and stuff. I, like, well, don't you know do it? I have a cheat sheet. Whenever I do a cooking demo, and I've been doing them a long time and some of my recipes are like old. Like I always print out a word doc of my, my recipe and I bring it with me. Yeah. So because I started. I don't doing- know any recipes by heart. I'm just looking for the ca- the popcorn. Yeah, I, I started doing that as well because like every people are like, "What? Don't you like know it by heart?" I'm like, "There's 85 recipes in my book." I'm like, "I maybe know four of them by heart." Right. I only, uh, I only know chal and potato cooker by heart. Literally everything else I have to look up. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was so strange. You know, that was just one where like it took forever to really perfect the technique. And you know, I, I worked with four incredible recipe testers. You know, every recipe in the book. Um, you know, after after like I would develop it, there'd be four people who tested every recipe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah actually, your mom tested recipes. I found the caramel popcorn. I, your mom tested some recipes from um, both of my books when, when uh, I was in recipe testing mode. But yeah, it's, it's really hard because you, you want people to know that your book is successful and the last thing you want to do is have a bomb of a recipe. Exactly. So that was one where like, you know, I had to go to my testers and I'm like, I like can't figure out how, how, why this isn't working. And then, you know, I really had to, you know, most of the recipes, you know, I sent them, it's the recipes fully done. They just have to like make sure that it works in their kitchen. Um, but that was one where I literally had, like, I had a call with all my recipe testers. I'm like, I need some help on this. I'm like, I cannot figure out why this isn't working. And then I really, I worked with them and then, um, we got it eventually. But that was one where like, I had to utilize the testers to like help me in development with, cause I was like, I can't like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> right, and then we right. worked figured it out so my i wanted to use one of the recipes from that my mum had given me like that i grew up with and for some reason i i had to pull it the recipe even though we shot the photo we just weren't getting the right flavor even though we could get a pretty picture because i think the the recipe only works in australia with australian water no joke like an australian ingredients i could not get it to work in america and i'm a, I'm a pretty good cook and my mum's a pretty good cook and it only worked in australia so i'm like all right that's it that recipe's out you know you just yeah. Um, okay. So, what's next on the, you know, on the culinary fast track for you? What What are you working on? Yes. You know, I, I just kind of finished, wrapped up. You know, a lot of the book promotion, um, and I think right now I'm really excited to just you know focus on my videos in like a like really focus on them. You know, I think that um, you know I've been I've been insanely busy the past bunch of months, um, and you know I always say like oh I'm gonna try to slow down a bit. And I never do, um, <laughs> but. You know, really excited to just you know like I, I kept up my you know even with the craziness I kept up my same posting cadence and everything but I yes, you're amazing. Uh, you know I you know was filming like early in the morning and late at night and everything um to get everything done but I'm really excited now to you know have my videos as my big main like focus you know not like right now to not have like a big big project and make my like big, big focus, just like finding new ways to make my videos really good, new ways to innovate, new ways to do things differently, try out new things. And so that's what I'm really excited for right now. I love that you're always changing it up on the videos. And I'm, I, you know, when I want to try to make a reel, I try to like use you as my guide, you know, he does it fast, he does it quick, you know, pulls you in. And then like, you know, I think you set the tone for across the globe on how to do, because you were one of the first people to do reels and you took your TikTok to the level, so you're like the trendsetter for how a reel or 
TikTok should look like. And I'm like, oh, will it look like eight times? Obviously, it's not going to look exactly because you're a master and I'm, you know, you have all these machine, you know, what do you call that? Uh, editing and I don't know how to do any of that. But you, you want to try to like keep up with the trends that you set. So it was really incredible to see how you've become that trendsetter. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I know. I, I, I was pretty early um, on on TikTok. And I think that, you know, the number one thing that I've really learned um, is that, like, you just got to keep trying new things. You can never right. get too comfortable in what you're doing. Agreed. Agreed. Beautiful. Words to words to live by, everybody. Eitan Banath, I'm so happy I got you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Everyone go pick up Eitan Eats the World, a cookbook by Eitan Banath. It is a fantastic book. Thanks so much for having me. Um, My pleasure. After this, I have to go listen to uh, the first time I was on and compare compare just what my voice sounds like 10 years ago. <laughs> that is very funny. Yeah, we should do – We should let's do a TikTok about that. <laughs> the, oh, my God. The so pitch fun. of the voice. That would be so fun. Okay, amazing. All right. Thanks, Eitan. I really appreciate it. And we'll uh, – We'll uh, look forward to more things from you and see your travels and we'll have you back. Hopefully one day we'll get you back on the show in the studio in person. Yes, that would be so fun. Okay, excellent. All right, have a great summer, Eitan. You too. Take care. Eitan Banath, wow. He was here eight years ago. He was a little, little kid. (laughs) Unbelievable how people just... You know, we've watched a lot of people's careers boom uh, through this. Um, I've got an amazing guest in the house, but we're going to say hello to Matthew Chen. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? But before we do that, I'm going to just grab on. Devorah, I always like having the people in the studio close the show with me. I mean, you're going to be on for a long time, but, you know, that way it's better for me to gauge. Um, So let me just get Devorah Adler from Chesed 24-7 on the phone. We're going to have a quick chat with her because she has an event coming up. And I want to just let everyone know about her events. Hello. Hi, Devora. How are you? You're live on Hi, everybody. Air. Hi, how are you? I am so good. Thanks, Naomi, for having us, my, having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. You are an incredible lady, uh, a mentor, a friend, a role model. Devora and I met through Chesed 24-7 about uh, coming up to two years ago, and we became friends in real life. And I'm thrilled that you can join us today uh, on on Table for Two. What's going on in the world of Devora Adler? So it's the summertime, and during the summertime, Naomi, I am so lucky that we get to do something really exciting during the nine days. Yeah. We do something called Shabbos in the Box. What is we that? package, I will tell you exactly, we package a box, and inside this box is a tablecloth. Oh, wait a second, Naomi. Chas 24-7, I even tell what we do. We take care of all the hospitality rooms in all major hospitals, from Sloan Kettering to Mount Sinai to Columbia, to Columbia Babies, 21 hospitals. We take care of the hospitals upstate in Harris and in Ellenville, so no one has to worry about anything. We send food during the week and on Shabbos. We send pomegranate juice. We send people to give people respite. If someone's in the hospital and they need someone to stay with them, we send respite. And one of the projects that we also do is we send a Shabbos box to people in the hospitals. We send about 270 a week to all the 21 hospitals. And during the nine days, Kashmir gave us an idea how to be able to do it. So in this box is a challah cover and a tablecloth and a kiddush cup and grape juice. We have... Neros and a tray, and we have pisamim, we have candies, we have everything you need to transform your Shabbos in the hospital. I can't tell you how many letters and how many people call that the room looks like a Shabbos and not just bare walls. So I'm very lucky. We go to different, we do, during the nine days, we do about 300 parties around from Lakewood to Passaic to the five towns to the country. 300 parties. And what do you do with Uh these parties? So we we literally make these boxes and we write a before Shalema card and we put them in. Then we take all these boxes and we put them in the warehouse and they're distributed every week to the volunteers, to the people in the the hospitals. This year, Miomi, Miomi, we're doing something really exciting this year. No one knows yet, but I'll tell you. Okay. You heard it here first. We are stuffing a bear for the Cholim. We're giving them a flat bear. We're giving them stuffing. 
We're giving them a hat, a shirt, and shoes, and we'll give them a tag. And on this tag, you're going to write a message. Well, for Shalema, we're thinking about you, and we're going to take this bear, and we're going to add it to the box. And every Shabbos and every meal, we'll be getting something. I have to tell you, there's something special about a bear. It makes you smile. It makes you happy. It makes you feel that you're not alone. It's really true. So that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. By the way, Naomi, you're going to be doing a Shabbos box party in the Bangalore Metashem with us. We are very excited. excited. You just have to confirm with me everything. (laughs) We are very excited. People are talking about it already. I just have to tell you. Okay, I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward. You'll send me the details (laughs) this afternoon. We are getting, so I put it out there, and a lot of people are calling because, you know what, during the nine days, it's all about Avish Yisrael. It really is. It's about Avish Yisrael. It's about Tzedakah. It's about Bikacholim. And people want to make the nine days count. So we hope to be able to make the people in the hospital make it more bearable for them. Bearable, get it? Yes, bearable. Is that where you got the word from? Well, I just made that up, that part. That's what we got. Yes, Naomi. Making yes, your Shabbos stay more bearable. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Okay, that's beautiful. And how does how does one host a want to host a party? You're hearing about this project on Table for Two. You want to like, oh my God, this Devorah Adler is amazing. How can we get involved? Please, we would love to be able to have you host parties in your neighborhood. I can give you a phone number that you can call. Okay, and give it you out. Can, sure, we go. Eight grab four a pen, five. Guys. Everyone, sure. grab a pen. Sorry, guys. I'm going to give you. You know what? I will even give them the number here at Chas 24 7. Yeah. And in about two weeks, you're going to see all the booklets going out in all the magazines. Here's the number. Please, please. 845 354 3233. That's 845-354-3233. Extension 1107. And you can leave a message. We'll call you right back. Everything gets dropped off at your door. You don't have to worry about it. And you set everything up. We have instructions. We come pick up all the boxes. People sponsor them. They give Sadaka. It's it's a great it's a great event to make your nine days count, Naomi, really. Okay, beautiful. So uh, how many years ago did Chesed 24-7 start? Almost 30 years ago. And the first Chesed room was here, happened to be in Rockland County in Good Samaritan Hospital. And then the second one was in Columbia. They didn't have any. All the Bika Cholom rooms, quote-unquote, or Chesed 24-7 rooms that we maintain and stock and pay for and make sure that people in the hospital only... They don't have to worry about things. We take care of what you need. So they can just we have, focus on getting healthy. We, you know, we're your home and your hospital. If you need anything, we're there for you. From liaisons that to guide you from anything you need, we're there 24 hours a day to help you. You should only need us for good things. I mean, like baby, having babies. We've made shalom zachas in chesed rooms. We've made all different types of things in the chesed rooms. Now talk to me a little bit about the transition. We know that you know, Corona was very difficult and you guys weren't allowed into the hospitals, but now things have opened up again. How's that going with everything? So the rooms happen to be extremely, extremely busy. There are still some limitations on the hours and how many people um, okay. could visit. But Baruch Hashem, Hashem, thank you. We can get our food into the rooms. We can have our liaisons help you out. We can send you anything from Shabbos in the box. People sometimes drop things off by us or give us phone calls if they have a patient in the hospital well, there could be slippers. I promise you, there was someone who needed slippers. And guess what? We took care of it. We had a liaison go and we got slippers because that was important to them. So you know? There's something for everyone who needs something. Always. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's true. Okay. Incredible. Well, I really want to thank you for all. Thank you, Percy. Everyone should be thanking Devorah for her. And I know she's not going to like that I'm saying this, but for the incredible work she does and her, and her team as well. Everyone at Chesed 24-7, but Devorah is a, a very big brainchild behind all the inner workings of Chesed 24-7. I've seen firsthand what they have done. I've been up to the kitchens working on a project that we did last year. Can you believe it was like a year and a half ago? I know. I can't believe it, it's, Naomi. Uh-huh. Right. And, and we, we spoke to people who were um, were sick in the hospital and, and how Chesed 24-7 just really like uh, brought them back, to, like Tchiasa made him for them, you know, for, for – they were almost – dead has <laughs> really nursed them back to health through all the um all the things that they do um so yeah, well, you but naomi i have to be honest it really 
it really is about everybody else. It, we can't do what we do if everybody doesn't do their part. And it's amazing how everyone just helps a little bit, and that's how we can keep our rooms running. Yes. Thank you, Devora. Thank you. And people that Thank want to you, get Naomi. involved, that people please involved, reach out to us. Please, please, Naomi, if you get any messages, you can direct them toward me personally. I'd love to speak to anyone who would like to get involved. Okay, thank you, thank you. I think this chesed, the Shabbat box is incredible. I can't wait to hear more about it. Just let me know the details this afternoon of when I'm going. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Naomi. Amazing. Thanks, Thanks. Have a good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Okay, Devorah Adler from Chesed 24-7 does incredible work. That, can I just say, tell my, my, my tech team here, ZK, that was – I'm down to 8%. That worked out amazing. <laughs> I'm going to disconnect from this. Um, incredible. Wow. Um, she really, like, does so much work. She's one of these selfless people who just puts Clarice Sorrell, not I want to say before herself because she, you know, she takes care of her family and all that, but really just she's an incredible human and I'm really honoured to have gotten to know and will continue, I call it, playing with Devora. Um, so... We're just going to take a little thank you uh, break out to uh, Hadar, who is the uh, sponsor of this segment called Top Picks, Hot Picks. Now, it's a top pick for a new hot pick that we've got from Hadar. I try to find each week different items that is going to be on the shelves or has just come out. Um, so brand new hot pick item, which is actually really fun for the nine days, even though they're part of you can't get them. They usually are milchik, but they have a parish version of churros. Churros. I think i got to say it right. Churros. So uh, it is basically a deep fried donut. Actually, it's so funny. The first time I ever had a churro was from Eitan Banath. I think he made those on the show on when he was on table for two. I think he may have made those churros. Um, when he came on the show all those eight years ago, ZK, ZK was like, that was like 250 shows ago. So Hadar, look for those on your shelves this summer. Really fun to serve at a barbecue, actually. At the end, you clean up your barbecue and you bring out some uh, churros and a platter with some um, ice cream and, and um, some uh, caramel sauce and chocolate sauce and people can make their own churros. It is, a, as I said, a deep-fried uh like a donut, but it's like a a, a stick, like a long yeah, Mexican. A Mexican, style, yeah, yeah yep. right. So they're really delicious, and these are all pre-made. You just fry them up fresh, and you know, heat them up, and they're yep. all good to go. So look out for those. Thank you, Hadar, for letting me know about the hot pick, top pick. Um, all right, Matthew, it's all about you. <laughs> Matthew and I met through my son-in-law, Rafi Sassini, um, on a Pesach program when I worked for. Pesach um, in the southeast with Bruce Backman. I should have told Bruce to come. <laughs> He's always too busy before Passover, but yeah. now, you know, it's summertime. Um, so uh, Matthew does the uh, – has a restaurant called Chop Chop on yep. – Washington Heights. Washington Heights. Yep. Um, it's a sushi. Yeah. It's, it's a a sushi. basically a glad kosher Chinese sushi and Asian fusion. Fantastic. I've got to come up to the restaurant <laughs> I've actually got. To, I've, I've seen that. I was there the other week, and I didn't realize I should have come in. I, was, I saw you on Facebook. Uh, That's yeah, yeah, I was like went to this and Black Yeshiva University concert, yeah. but I was also doing a cooking demo there, so it was like a very busy day. Um, how did you end up making a kosher restaurant? Are you um, basically? Uh, I believe it's uh, like uh, just a, for me. It's a thankful and blessing from Hashem, and maybe it's a destination. You know. I came, uh, you know, to kosher business almost like 20 years. I worked from uh, the bottom and then, the, you know, try starting to improve with uh, all the food, quality and the service. That's more important. And, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, really, uh, for me, <laughs> like a blessing because it's a challenge also. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, how you do a kosher, how you presentate and uh, the taste everything you know has to be uh, at least like uh, similar with the authentic that's uh, you're the about challenge. being yeah. authentic yeah something and also I try to make it something different yeah you to you totally do uh, <laughs> I try your sushi is beautiful well, uh, we think about uh, something like uh, people uh, you know like uh, create like didn't think you know like like about uh, seven eight years ago 
already uh, predict uh, the sushi is supposed to be will change, not only sushi. I'm thinking because if the sushi will be sushi, it's gonna be the same thing every year. Right. And I'm thinking like a sushi. Why not become a, like a dish, something like a small petite, and then something beautiful. So that's why I like uh, to combine with uh, art. Like uh, I like color. I like flower. I like uh, decoration. So should we should we show everyone? See, yeah. this is a radio show where people listen, but we have the privilege of having ZK with us and setting up a camera. And ZK sets up a camera for us, and everyone that is listening can also watch. Yep. Because Matthew is a an artist, uh, as well as a. Wait, you want to join us on yep. the show? How are you related? Are you? Yeah. Are you? It's uh, my uh, high school good friend. He was in the PSAC program also. Okay, hi. Yeah, how are you? You look really Andy. familiar. Yeah. yeah. What's your name? Andy. Eddie. Andy. 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 Yeah. I have an Australian accent, so you know, <laughs> I butcher everything. I hear a lot of rustling here. Do you guys hear all the rustling? Yeah. It's us opening up. He's got the the um. Do we need a knife to cut that open? Um, this one. Should He's be bringing fine. us a pen. You're going to watch Matthew open up a sushi box with a pen. The pen is mightier than the sword. That was so quick thinking. He's literally cutting that. Oh, my God. What? The kosher seal. The kosher seal. (gasps) Guys, look. Oh, my God. Look at that. This is beautiful. So we try to provide like uh, every event that uh, we have, like uh, it's depend with uh, what is the customer or client that want it, like, uh, you know, like a look like, they uh, look like one of beautiful, like we do a lot of like a Hampton, that's, uh, they require us like a more, uh, how you call it, like, so like a, the quality. So how it looks like and everything. We're, we're trying to get this box open. I had to take yeah. my headset because all I hear is rustling. <gasps> okay, here we go. I can't you see. This so one? out in the ha- so you cater out in the Hamptons. Uh yeah, we did uh, in the past uh, twelve years. We did uh, Kiddish there free. Uh, you know, like uh, Saturday, that we have to provide like a good. Uh, you know, the for the West Hampton Beach. Uh, you know, minion. So they need like a, something like a little bit different because they they want a quality they want a, like a more like a nice sushi that that's why I have a, every week I have to create something a little bit different with the last week thing. Right, yeah, he's they, 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 like with Aitan, he's a he always keeps things fresh yeah. and new like you also. Yeah. On the like, Pesach program, yeah, I remember I you were blowtorching yeah. on Yontif. He could set a blowtorch to the fish and give it like a little bit of caramelization. Yeah. That's I'll get my blowtorch. You want me to get my blowtorch? But no, this looks amazing. Yeah. And let's get some plates. Let's, yeah. let's eat. <laughs> if you see the quality, we use using like a Toro. You have to use uh, some Explain people. Explain us what Toro is. Yeah. Toro is basically like a fatty tuna that's, uh, you know, like a... Like a more level that uh, a lot of now is become trendsetter. Uh, I mean, like people. I actually had yep. Toro in Japan in Osaka. Interesting. Yeah, I'm like, I'm the real thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm gonna try this now. This is what's this? Is this called like a Toro with uh, you know masago on top? Which is the fish eggs. Yep. Now, what sauce you, is it? Uh, basically, we do have like a. Is it sacrilegious to have it um, with sauce? This is like a like a yuzu uh, ponsu that uh, we create uh, for a little bit uh, sour, but uh, what is ponsu? You see it all the time. What's ponsu sauce? Basically, it's like a, you know part of the little bit uh, with the vinegar, some little bit. Uh, we put a little bit like a scallion thing with the jalapeno. Can I? Is it gonna be spicy? No, very thin. Okay, all right, here we go. I'm going to eat on camera. Mm. You talk. Mm. It's a fresh, uh, you can feel the freshness and everything. So good. Yeah. When I choose, someone's got to talk on the, on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> so... 
what else besides, we'll come back to the sushi in a minute what yeah. else do you have besides sushi at the restaurant uh, we do have like a, a Chinese food and okay. then the more important we try that something different that we call like Asian fusion so what's, what what do you mean by that uh, we try to you look everyone uh, maybe uh, know about Chinese food. Everybody knows Jerusalem chicken, chicken broccoli. Is that real? So is that real food? It's not really like a Chinese, uh, you know. The we need to break down this myth here. Okay. Jewish people think that yeah. General Chow's chicken is real Chinese food. Is that real Chinese food? Not really. In the, in China, be honest, I've been to China. It's not, uh, they don't have a, even have a Jerusalem chicken. It's not even exist there. You know. It's just a made-up Jewish thing, uh, it's or is American it? Chinese food? That's what I I can. American yep. Chinese food, because yep. it's completely different than yep. actual Chinese yep. food. Yep. Uh, Asian, uh, the real Chinese food is basically like very simple, like a homemade cooking with uh, seasoning, salt, pepper, garlic, ginger, something like that. Yeah. And then the, it's not too sweet, but they play with uh, you know like uh, ingredient. Like, you know, what yeah, like ginger, ginger, you know, like sometimes they use the spices, you know. What That's kind of spices? You, they do like a five spices, like coriander, spice, yeah, spice. something like yeah. that, yeah. It's a, like a, make the taste like a more authentic. Like Example that we bring in our restaurant, we develop pad thai. In the beginning... I love pad thai! <laughs> you, submit, you make pad thai? Yeah, we do. We we had a, like I'm going to Monsi tonight. I'm going up to Monsi. I'm going to come and get some pad thai. Sure, the show. Did you hear that? Bezrat Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Yeah. Okay, just listen to how Matthew talks. So more important is uh, we try to adjust with uh, you know like a kosher uh, you know like a market that uh, supposed to be example. The pad thai is supposed to be dry. In the beginning, when we cook dry, is a, a lot of customers they say, "Oh, Matthew, this is like we want like a little bit like sauce, something like that," and uh, we uh, we listen uh, to the people, listen to the you know the idea and everything. So we cook with uh, more sauce and uh, more tasty, and they like it. And we started. So this is the butter that we're supposed to be serving to them. I, I'm going to give you my cookbook, okay? <laughs> with my with my version of kosher pad thai. Yeah. I went to Thailand and uh-huh. I watched them on the streets making yeah. the thai. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's a thing we bring like a food from Singapore, like a Singapore my fund. This thing we do like. A, we make like Mongolian beef uh, in the, our restaurant. We make some a lot of authentic, even from my country too. So where are you from? I'm from uh, Indonesia. Basically, it, we right close. above. <laughs> okay, Australia is here. Yep. Right above Australia is Indonesia. Yep. We're like neighbors. Absolutely. Have you been to Australia? No, one day. One I, day. I, I have a lot of friends now. Okay. In here, I have a lot. Of from Rabbi, my Rabbi too, also from uh, Melbourne. Who's your Rabbi? Daniel Cross, if you oh, know from sure, uh, yes, sure, sure. I know him. He went <laughs> to study in yeshiva in Israel with my brother. Oh, so yeah, I, I know his Small wife as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cute. So uh, uh, we bring like a food. That we create like some. This is not the not everything we serving in the restaurant because we try to make something like exclusive that we do like uh, in the. Like a event, like example, of Bruce Beckman. Sometimes we do have event that uh, they want to say, Matthew, make me some Asian food. So I create like a beef rendang that came from my country. We have to cook uh, authentic curry chicken that uh, not just only powder. We have cooked very long time, and then uh, we uh, we got challenge like this. So we make like curry fried rice, something like that. We we have to make something different that the people. Thing, this is not only Chinese, you know. Right, they don't want it. it's not all the brown so, sauce with the sugar. Yeah, and that's the fry. Uh, I want like a more tasty, more different thing. Uh, you know, we create like Cantonese chow fun, uh, you know, like a flat rice noodle. We make some uh, like a now drunken uh, noodle, Thai drunken noodle. You know, so we we try to make. Uh, to create, like, to bring, uh, you know, like, excitement uh, from uh, the customer, from the client that, uh, can you I, know. Can I cook in the kitchen with you? <laughs> I, I think we should do Naomi Nachman in the kitchen. You can, I'll be the pot washer. I'll learn how to make food like you do. Sure, I sure. love, I love authentic food. Yeah. I think, you know, like, yeah. 
even like uh, I learned uh, a lot of things from also like uh, this one when I combine with uh, you know like a uh, kosher food this is something interesting I uh, develop you know like uh, try to make like gojujang uh, you know the Korean uh, sauce that I put uh, in a wing I put the also I create that sauce also with the boneless uh, you know the chicken the dog meat with the you know the Korean sauce sometimes even I create this sauce to mix with my sushi just uh, you know like make sure it's a it's a parf it's no meat no nothing I just want to make sure something unique that the people try say when every time in the in the Hampton people always say what is that, my dear? I mean, w w what is this uh, to make something different? Uh, this, I we have a like a excitement every week, uh, and also like advice that people. Oh, this is what I'm looking for. Uh, this is like uh, when I did uh, bar mitzvah like two weeks ago. Uh, we create crispy, spicy tuna with toro with something, and then the, they saying, uh, "How you come out this idea?" I say, uh, "So basically, the long time, a um, couple years ago, we did with the same family that they ordered for the barbecue from us, and they requested. They still remember that." Uh, don't you love that? <laughs> Don't you love when someone just remembers one of your flavors and they're like, I need yeah. more of that. So that's why I'm gonna need more of that. when uh, they're saying, I have to uh, win bar mitzvah, I have to order from Matthew and I want a crispy, you know, the you know the spicy tuna, but I want a base by Toro. So I create something different with uh, some sauce and everything. So I work out with the caterer. So bam, like that. It's uh, I like the challenge. That's why sometimes when, when I come to Hampton, I always... Uh, before try to think what I have to do, but uh, what I have to make, what I have to do. But by the end, I will be in the spot that I have to thinking. It's more, um, more my idea come out. Right. I, so I, like I cannot, uh, I cannot uh, plan the oh a day before. Oh, I have to cook this. I have to now. You just do it. Yeah. I I, I look what is uh, my plate, what is uh, in my ingredient, what is my sauce, and I. Create, create something and you yeah. can't repeat it again sometimes yeah sometimes that's i have to make different that's why in the hampton they say oh this week what is different what is different and the, even the rabbi uh, gave me the idea like a couple years ago to make matthew can you make me like uh you know like a taco sushi taco I say, okay so the idea is sushi taco so i'm create something that people wanted the people like it and a lot of people say less rice cook with the cooked fish and then uh, you know they put it like guacamole they say, oh this is what they want you know and they really hit it every time that every kiddish at least like 90 piece easy gone you know that's because the aunties uh, like uh, you know the excitement and the people like it they just keep Amazing, Baruch Hashem, and uh, <laughs> we cannot wait the uh, next week. Uh, what is and you gonna make? All, all the mom and all the you know the you know a lot of also mostly uh, also graduate from YU and they're going to Hampton by the weekend. Especially like example this week, so we we expecting like a 300 people in the kiddish. So we all even know every year that it's gonna be packed. Hampton every you know like uh, July, July 4th? 4 is right, weekend right. is Well, we're crazy. actually listening. We're recording this, and it's not gonna air for a few weeks. Okay, but absolutely. you know, July 4th will be in the past. But yeah. every Shabbat in the yes, summer is yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, always. So there's uh, most uh, people that uh, you know like. Because in the Hampton, mostly uh, we do sushi because we cannot make some, uh, you know, cook. Right. But uh, different uh, different event, a different venue that we always uh, do like something different. Sometimes we make like a Asian noodle station in the Bruce Backman party. Sometimes we did also like a Baoban station. You know, I love <laughs> Baobans. So I have to learn how to make them. And my daughter got married a few weeks ago. Yeah, and yeah one I of saw the that. It's beautiful. Thank you. And we yeah. had Baoban. A station at the wedding because I love bow buns. Yeah, so uh, this is the thing that uh, amazing. Um, like what? What was the hardest challenge about learning kosher? Uh, is uh, about uh, the taste uh, that a little bit different with uh, the real Chinese food. You guys, uh, what's the real taste? Okay, like so pork. Technically, no, no. I mean, uh, uh, about the taste only because we have to try to make a uh, very similar because a lot of like a uh, kosher restaurant they just think about oh i just open up a chinese restaurant and the cook whatever that they don't uh, listen and don't, they don't uh, you know like to know what a customer wanted sometimes 
people complain to me, oh Matthew, that's too spicy. So oh, I mean, I have to reduce uh, this. I have to put it like more sweet, something like that. And uh, like in the kosher, mostly the people love like sweeter, you know, and they like more sauce. That's uh, you know, upside with the real you know the Chinese. Right, but if you want it to be like authentic, yeah, that's like, well, the I'm big about difference. Authentic. I would love to try real non. Drowned in salt, okay. sugar. Yeah. So what I do uh, usually, uh, we we create we have a food uh, dish like uh, in the chop chop basically that uh, we call uh, like a Jesse chicken. So basically, this is like authentic uh, like Chinese food: salt, pepper with the ginger, fresh garlic, and the stir fried with some vegetable and the chicken. This is that the people always say. This is what why we want sometimes because you're tired with chicken broccoli, you're tired with generous or chicken, right. and you it want something a light. Bit healthier. This like is what we call healthy. So I, my mum cooks like that at home yeah. because we're so used to a lot of Asian cuisine filtering it into yep. Australia. My mum always made a stir fry with garlic and ginger, yep. a little bit of soy sauce, yep. and salt and pepper. Oh, Chinese five spice also sometimes yeah, would go yes. in. And she would just do that in a walk. Yeah. And I think she found him sh- sugary sauces. Uh, this is the kind. But the, the different, uh, different <laughs> like, uh, challenge, that's what I'm saying to you. Even when I do, like, uh, even the sushi, when I make uh, even the sauce, when I put, like, uh, the real example, like, the Chin- uh, I mean, the Japanese sauce, they're usually supposed to be, like, uh, more even, like, uh, uh, like, vinegary, you know, like, a little bit sour. But, I cannot make that this to the my uh, cushion market because it's when too sour they don't like it. they like even more sweet. I love sour. Thai food I, is very yeah, sour. Yeah, I yeah. love Thai food because for its limes. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I don't like very hot though. Uh, that's that's the thing. When we we developed the pad thai, we didn't expect that the people after I uh, mean because of COVID also. We had to travel like different community, different town, different city to bring chop chop instead. We waiting people come. I have an idea why we don't go out. So we have a lot of like uh, uh, respond and a lot of the good uh, feedback that always say, "Oh, this is the pata is amazing. We never try this because sometimes when I go like example, I, I'm going to Baltimore. People always say, "I'm not gonna order from Chop Chop ch- Chicken Broccoli because it's gonna be the same chicken broccoli that uh, you're gonna be have." So what we do? So we ordering something different okay we make like pad thai we make like mongolian beef we uh, we make something like a bao but that uh, you know like they don't have not, it not yep. typical you yeah know, yeah that's, the that's my point i would love to see meal but i don't think anywhere in this neighborhood you know how many kosher restaurants we have in the five towns uh, i'm not seeing a kosher bao bun uh no uh they have some uh, but I mean not here yeah you're right you're right, right totally like, uh, right yep. you can't even buy bao ban in a supermarket uh, you have yeah, to make it from a, scratch yeah, yeah. and steamer. also like saying like uh, the pad thai also the pad thai is uh, the yeah, ingredient you can buy pad thai in the supermarket I mean not in the supermarket in the Chinese restaurant but it's not uh, not authentic yeah. <laughs> That's only because I've been to Thailand and the, yeah. the Chabad restaurant in, yeah. in, in Bangkok has real pad thai Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it was amazing. So I have my version of it, but yeah. hope it's close, at least yeah. a little bit closer than other ones that you see here in America. One day I will teach you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make that happen. I'm headed overseas in a few days, but but um, oh. when I come back, we're gonna. I'm going to come to the kitchen. I want to cook sure. with you. Yeah, I love learning something new. So, did you find the dairy meat thing a big challenge, or there's not so much milk in? Asian cuisine? Not really. I'll be honest, uh, not really, because uh, even uh, like what I combined uh, with uh, some like uh, people, like uh, the food from Thai food or whatever, even from my country, we don't use uh, milk technically. Right, right. You know, based by maybe like coconut milk, yes. Yeah, but well, not, well, that's, uh, you know, that's you know, amazing. That's, that's great. That's good for <laughs> us yeah, too. Yep. So you didn't, that was not a big challenge. Mm, just how to create the, you know, the some food that make you interesting to eat that's right. uh, the challenge uh, you know because i don't want to oh i come to uh, 
your show just bring like a chicken broccoli so what is the difference now Matthew you bring the chicken broccoli here and from your restaurant so this is that my challenge right is making your yeah. chicken and broccoli yeah. better so, than the next guys right uh, uh, no something like even different you know right exactly. I offer you like a different maybe uh, with something with a different sauce like the same thing like uh, you know like when the people ordering the you know the sushi party from us usually they say what is I have to make something different and my idea is if people ordering uh, the same sushi bar with a different uh, different uh, vendor or different uh, it's going to be the same I want to I have uh, something specific I rather like a take like a less job but I have uh, more people happier and uh, satisfied this is my challenge not right. <laughs> I want to people smile like you and when yeah. you eat the food oh okay this is Matthew this is Baraka Chef and this is the food <laughs> is amazing that's that's what I'm uh, I feel wanna like you're the, here Matthew's you know. the real deal tell us how you wait did we I don't know if we discussed how, how you ended up in that location uh, it's you could have ended up in Brooklyn in a uh, Jewish place or uh, Queens uh, or Five Towns you yeah. ended up in the heights. To be honest, uh, I got a uh, connection in the beginning, really Baruch Hashem, that uh, when I'm looking for, I get through the my good friend Ilan Kornblum. From, Ilan, uh, we love Ilan. Ilan has <laughs> been on this show a lot. It's a from Hi, Ilan. And, uh, you know, he connect me with, uh, you know, the owner of the Rada family from, uh, you know, the Scranton, Pennsylvania, that uh, uh, have an idea, open up a chop chop, just across street, Yeshiva University. It's genius, genius. Uh, location, location, location. Hungry boys. Uh, it's uh, it's a little bit changed now uh, yeah. after COVID. Yeah. So that's uh, my challenge now next, <laughs> because uh, after uh, you know the COVID right now, I'm uh, like uh, more to bring uh, my food come to people table or people f- uh, like a house instead. I'm of waiting com- people. Uh-huh. Okay, you have to like pivot. Hustling, like basically. Hustle, yeah. 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 Well, do you want to come to the five towns and we'll do a pop-up? I, I did uh, so far so far that uh, Chop Chop since COVID, September, tw- uh, I'm sorry, is March 17, 2020. We're starting like a deliver, you know, out town. We had like, we delivered so far 93 city, town and places so far. From Virginia, we went to uh, we went to DC. We you need a map <laughs> on the web. Put a pin in every place. Yeah, it's Baruch Hashem that uh, my challenge now how to make family happier. You know, like today I'm going to example. I'm going to Upper West Side. Tomorrow I'm going to New Haven, and then the Thursday I have to go Allentown and Newtown in the Pennsylvania. You bring them the food. I bring the food, the chop chop to bring there. You know, to the. To your door. You, you physically, you're the one that makes a delivery? Yes, I do. That's, uh, that's the thing. Some people will say, why are you doing it, Matthew? You're crazy. I say, I'm not crazy. I just want to give my thankful, you know, like to the people who have already supported right. you. You're, you're the face of Chop Chop. Like, people uh, know you. <laughs> yeah. It's and, crazy. And uh, also, this, uh, is, I don't have any client or customer. They are my family. Right. So, when I just think about the people... Just about the business means I just need your money. I did. I need. It's like a more. It's like relation for me. Right. You. It's you're building yeah. a relationship, yeah. a friendship. I know when my son-in-law who went to YU saw you on the Pesach program, yeah. he's like, he calls me mummy, mum. He calls his mother mummy, and I'm mum because that's how you say it in uh. Australia. And he's like, mum, come here. You're gonna meet my friend Matthew, and right away you remembered him from his days at Yeshiva University. <laughs> It's really a beautiful thing that you've done. You've brought incredible food to yeah. the kosher population. Yeah. This looks insane. Like, you you know, you have to like, you kick it up for us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you kick it up for us. I like this. I really like this. And you bring us authentic. Well, we can't always get authentic. Yeah. You, you, you're giving it to us and we really, really appreciate it. It's been fantastic having you on the show. Yeah. Um, you're gonna, we're going to stick around, ZK. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, we, got, we have a lot of food here to eat. I love fish. Where do you get your fish from? Uh, the we have like a, in the market that uh, I do have like a, my fish supplier that they straight from uh, sometimes even the fish came from Japan and everything. And uh, we butcher our, uh, you know, like fish. And especially when I have an example like this week, I have a Hampton. I mean, I have to, the quality is going to be 
top of the notch because that's what they're expecting, the quality and everything. Well, know. yeah, I, I would only imagine from that, <laughs> from over there. That's my challenge. Yeah, when okay. Make the people happy with the smiling and everything. That's more than anything. <laughs> I know, right? You've got to have a smile on your face. Yep. I'm a big believer in that. It's a blessing, actually. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Thank you for coming all the way from Chop Chop out yeah. to the Long Island. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. We've had three really great shows. We're going to try to get in a couple more uh, t- before. I know it's funny to say, like, before Rosh Hashanah, but we do have a long season. The The fall season will be a big one in front of us because we have uh, a nice uh, – we had two Adars, so now we have a nice long uh, – stretch of time to do some shows before the new year i uh, just want to wish everyone a good shabbos uh we have music sponsored by our friends at kedem right up until candle lighting shabbat shalom how do we say that in indonesian shabbat shalom uh i, I always say uh, shabbat shalom too to he everyone. says shabbat shalom too okay shabbat shalom guys <laughs> we're gonna go all of you we're gonna eat this now bye guys <laughs>